The Washington Huskies. It's impossible to say, impossible to believe they're playing for the national championship. We're going to talk about the conference's other games, but most of the time it's going to be on Washington. A once-in-a-generation possibility for the Huskies to play for the national title against Michigan uh, and the rest of the bowl games in the Pac-12 very briefly. All that and more on this week's Eligible Receivers. He's Eric. I'm Warren. Let's start the show. Hello, blog fans. Well, you work all week on trying to identify who the eligible receivers are. This is Eligible Receivers, the show where we review last week's Pac-12 action, pick the final Pac-12 game against the spread, and keep track of how we're doing on our picks over the course of the season. Um, And so most of this, obviously, we're Washington fans is going to be Washington-centric, but I think it might be fun just because we're never going to have the chance to do this again. Rip the Pac-12 bowl games like so quickly yeah I mean I, I'll I'll start Oregon beat the shit out of Liberty yeah what a what a compelling uh, matchup that was it, it fit with that whole day's theme of games which was that if it's not the playoff it fucking sucks like yeah like that Georgia Florida State game was dog shit this game was the Fiesta Bowl was dog shit the the Ole Miss Penn State one was like, I mean, that even ended up being something of a blowout for Ole Miss, but that was like a quality game compared to those other ones. Yeah, it was bad. I got another one. I got another one. Notre Dame kicked the shit out of Oregon State. Now, what I've said for years, right? Sun Bowl, my favorite non-major bowl game. Uh, and my only reaction to this is that or- Oregon State looked like like fucking awful, and you know it's just sad to see them like they're teeter, you know they're on their way out to the abyss, like their like their bodies are disintegrating right in front of your eyes, and there's just nothing anybody can do about it, right? Like their quarterbacks yep. are gone, their coach is gone. Uh, yep. Sun Bowl, uh, best CBS, the cameras they use for the Sun Bowl, best cameras in sports. Now maybe this is the El Paso sunset. It's doing it for me, but visually a stunning experience as always looked great with Notre Dame and uh, Oregon state out there. USC kicked the crap out of Louisville. A shocker, right? Very surprising. Yeah. Surprising. A lot of uh, uh, questions around USC right now. Cause the people are like, wait, what is this? Were we supposed to be fucking good? What the fuck happened? Because they had the reigning Heisman, Caleb Williams, Lincoln Riley, second year, uh, they just completely melted down on defense. Alex Grinch got mm-hmm. tarmacked. Uh, and then, you know, they had a ma- you know an exodus to the portal. Their recruiting was not to USC standards, you know, and this is all happening around that time. They signed the 17th rated class in the country. And from what I'm reading, that's based on largely that they, you know, took like a full-ass class like teams used to do. So they have, like, not so many good guys, but they just got, like, 19 of them. Um, okay. Well, I mean, they're, like, third-string quarterback through for six touchdowns in this game, so that's a positive. They've got him coming back, I think. Is he coming back? That guy looked great. I don't think he's in the portal. I think, like, Malachi Flynn or whatever is in the portal, and Caleb Williams is off to the NFL. But I think I think that guy is, like, just happy to be on the team. Miller Moss. There you go. Good name. It's a good name. Uh, um, yeah, and Louisville, how about shitting the bed against uh, Florida State's third-string quarterback and then USC's uh, non-portal quarterback in the last yeah, two games? Yeah. 
You want to know who wasn't for real? Louisville. Um, what else we got? Cal? Cal won, right? Or Cal lost and UCLA won. Is that right? UCLA won. UCLA beat Boise State, Boise State rather, in the Starco Brands LA Bowl. Yeah. The reward then, for a mildly successful college football season is a trip to sunny Los Angeles from Pasadena. The only thing that I cared about in this whole bowl was that the game that was their bowl game was closer to their campus than their stadium. That's funny. Was it at like SoFi or something? Yeah, it's at SoFi. It was closer than the Rose Bowl. That is hilarious. Well, no wonder that place is like never full. Uh, Cal and Texas Tech in the Independence Bowl. There's a fucking bowl, you know? Like, let's keep these venerable bowl games. I want the bowl games for my youth. Yeah. I like a Liberty Bowl. I like an Independence Bowl. I like a good Gator Bowl, you know? Yeah. Well, this tax act, whatever the fuck. Tax slayer. I'm in a swearing mood, I've realized today. Yeah, it seems like it. That's all good. Yeah, all right. I'm, I'm going to tone it down. There's one more bowl. You want to talk about it? Well, here, I'll tell you about this bowl game. Just finding out about this result. Entirely missed it. <laughs> and frankly, I'm surprised. On two counts. One, that Utah lost a game that seemed to oh, be right. right up their alley. Yeah, that's right. Utah hasn't won a bowl in like five years now. Problem. Uh, against... Uh, uh, like Northwestern, uh, not dynamic. They started the year with a, you know, like a like a full on scandal scandal. Where, yeah, get old fashioned coach firing. Where the coach was like, where, yeah, where he's like, well, yeah, I've been here for twenty years, but I had no idea that we were the guys were doing all this butt stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pretty what a way to go down. Uh. <laughs> And so I was like, oh, well, there." I, I, frankly, I didn't even know that Northwestern was bowl eligible. I just assumed they went 0-12. They won eight games, I think, with that win. Yeah. What a season for the what Wildcats. Good right. for them. Bad for Utah. I'm not impressed. Right. Uh, and then, well, so and like then said, Cal, Texas one Tech. Game, just one bowl game left. <laughs> uh, Texas Tech beat Cal to 34-14. Da, 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 who cares? Uh, Cal finishes with a losing record. That's fitting. And then, finally, finally, let's talk about an actual bowl game that matters. We got a Sugar Bowl in New Orleans, a de facto home game for Texas. You were in attendance at the game. Talk to me about the scene in New Orleans. A lot of Texas fans in New Orleans. Um, Which, I saw a tweet to this effect, and I think it, like, 100% encapsulates the experience. The Texas fan base, like, the pageantry around it, is incredible right like their their band is gigantic they've got more cheerleaders than they know what to do with they've got matt mcconaughey on the sidelines the number of like sequins and mini skirts with boots and cowboy hats and belt buckles is just astounding like the the fan base itself is a good looking fan base that's that's all done up in a in a parade like uh you know outfits uh they suck at like game day like actual game cheering like they don't have any like chance or like cheers it seems um, like they'd have a lot they don't have any they have like the, you know like they play the eyes of texas right their band does that and that's cool um but like when in terms of like get loud on a third down or i mean like none of it they just like kind of hang out and watch the game which was amazing so they probably outnumbered UW like us like five to one, 
um, probably like, yeah, like 80, 20, 75, 25, you know, in that neighborhood. Um, it, it was brutal in terms of like, but the UW fans were loud. Um, it was fun. Like UW, as, as you saw, like pretty much dominated the game. Um, my favorite uh, replay of the game. So my favorite moment of the whole game was when in the second half, Texas was down 13 and they were driving and they fumbled and it was not immediately apparent that the guy wasn't down, but they didn't call a fumble on the field. Yeah. They didn't call a fumble on the field. But then when you see the replay, it is immediately apparent that he fumbled that fucking ball. while He was still like running. He, he somehow managed to fumble it about 10 yards before he hit the ground. Yeah. Like this ball couldn't have been more out. And so the best part about the whole game was being in the stadium for that. I mean, obviously other than winning it was like my favorite part of the game was the entire contingent of Husky fans, all 15,000 or whatever the number was. It probably was 10,000, 12,000 pointing and shouting in unison ball ball. And if you go, if you go back and look, I can tell you exactly what it is because I've watched it on the ESPN2 broadcast, the Colt McCoy. Um, I don't know if you've seen this, but the ESPN2 did like a the Pat McAfee show. No, at, I've been looking at – I've been meaning to find highlights of that. That's the one thing I haven't watched. Oh, I've got I've got it on my Fubo. We can watch it sometime. But because um, it like my Fubo just downloaded all the games. And so I've got like four different versions of the game yeah. on, on, on my thing. But go watch – go watch that. Cole McCoy is like – talking about he's like oh he was down and Acho was like was he down he's like yeah he's down and then they started talking about McConaughey having a nice coat on and and Colt McCoy's like yeah he does have a nice coat I don't know that I could pull that coat off I like my poncho or whatever and then in the background you hear the Husky contingent lose their shit as the as the uh replay is on and then Colt like kind of like looks up like "Uh uh-oh and uh it's it's that was my favorite part um Yep, my other favorite part was Michael Penix. What did you think about Michael Penix? He played he played pretty good. Uh, it was glorious to watch. It it was like uh like first five games of either of the seasons, Michael Penix. Yeah, like where it's just like we've uh we've forgotten any trouble we might have ever had, and uh it's as simple as we're gonna drop back, and we have these marvelous weapons who are going to be running crisp, predictable routes that the defense can't cover and I'm going to throw the ball to my receivers gorge. You know, just there there's this ball is nothing but complete from the moment I conceived it, you know, from like the, the moment, like the signal in my brain went to start my throwing motion. This was a completed pass 20, 30, 40 yards down the field. Uh, and it was literally beautiful, literally, I believe, and I hate the use of the word literally. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll just, I'll just double down on it. Yeah. Um, the only time one of his receivers got wide open was the one pass that he they didn't catch because now there was interference. It was the it was way late in the fourth quarter. Yeah, Romo yeah. Dunze got like five yards past a guy, and Penix just I don't think could throw it ninety yards. Um, and so all the rest of them like they were basically covered and didn't matter. Ball coming over over the top dropped in the bread basket in stride, you know, the receipt, the receiver, like you could say, maybe had a half a step or yep. a step on the defender, but there was definitely a defender right there. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, getting wide open in space 
That only happened one time, and that was actually, ironically, not a completed pass, but was a penalty, a pass interference penalty to Washington's advantage. Yeah, the yeah the only other throw I can think about in Memphis City, like he overshot like Devin Culp on a little something corner or something where he managed to get out behind everybody uh, on like a red zone play, red zone ish play. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean he was he was faultless. He was just faultless. I mean because like you're hearing in the run up to this game, uh, Washington hasn't seen uh, de- defensive tackles like an interior defensive line like Texas had, and that bore out to an extent because Washington early in the game a handful of times was just like, well, we'll see how fucking tough these guys are and run right up the middle. Uh, Iron wall. Not happening. Uh, But in terms of their pass defense, uh, we, Washington looks so on rhythm and doing a good job of getting the ball out of there. And then on the rare occasions where they managed to generate pressure with these guys who looked good. They looked like they were playing a good game. They were breaking down our, our guards every now and then. Uh, Penix showed like in pocket mobility uh, that I, I, you know, we really haven't seen him have to use. Yeah. So far. I mean, and it was, it, it was like top of the line stuff where he like, you know, makes us, you know, you think he's somewhere and then, you know, in a, uh, blink of an eye he's five yards to the right of that eyes up and then a blink of an eye after that the ball's out to an open receiver I mean it was a, he he played a uh, just a glorious game of football and then like uh, one of my favorite things to do uh, uh, after we win a game of any magnitude but especially a big game is to like go around and see like kind of you know more national uh, media personalities react to it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, they all had, you know, predictably, you know, cause my attitude is like, ah, fuck you. You have to say this now, you know, yeah. you didn't want to, but I made you, I had nothing to do with it. Uh, but like, uh, and yeah, and everybody just was just speaking in the most glowing terms. We've never, you know, like, wait a second. Shouldn't this guy have won the Heisman? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, I I will highly encourage you go find that ESPN two broadcast like the McAfee one because you got Acho, you got Colt McCoy, they bring in a Rackpo at some point, they brought in McConaughey at some point, and so this is not a, uh, a fair and balanced scenario. They <laughs> these guys have a rooting interest in this game. Yeah, uh, and just watch like these former professional you know, football players, yeah. one of whom played quarterback in the league for a while, like just the exasperation where they're just like, what can you do about that? You know, like the, the, the Jalen McMillan touchdown over the middle where he just like laser beamed it. I mean, Cole McCoy was just like, what are you going to do, man? Like, that's too good. It's too good. Like, you know, he just can't, there's nothing you can do about that. That's gotta um, be wild for him as a guy who had like, you know, he started and won NFL games. To like and the, got to a national championship, right? I mean, he immediately got hurt. I think like on the second play of that national yeah, championship. Yeah, but like going but, through, yeah. and then like you, uh, and then like you know, he's because he has to be because like Colt McCoy's strength was never the the arm, you know. Yeah, he was not like a wild arm talent guy, and just be sitting out there and you're watching, and you're like, oh, that guy's like better at doing that than I am, and I did this professionally. Was very good at it. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, um. It's it's again it's very enjoyable. They they definitely want 
Texas to win, and they just can't. Now, we should we would be remiss if we didn't uh, at least uh, gloss over the end of the game, which almost turned into one of the all-time worst beats that in the history of college football. Um, oh, I'll talk. I'll talk about that all night. I, good God, man, that I've I've heard I've seen it described by various you know pundits as like like the Washington like if you're a fan of Washington football you would never live that down in like you would never get over that your your uh, opponents and your rivals would never let you forget that and I'm like I yeah yeah no that that a hundred percent it was one it, of the great all time like beats that you could ever have if that if the one of those balls in the end zone gets caught and Texas wins that game. Yeah. Okay. So here's where I'm going to start with that. I'm mad when I'm seeing these reports that Dylan Johnson is going to play this week in the national championship game. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? You're going to play because uh, if you were going to be good in a week, you couldn't give me a, a hop to the sideline. Like, I wonder at what point somebody went up to him and said, we won. It's fine. Congratulations. Thank you. I hope you heal up. If this ever happens to you again in your life, get the fuck off the field. And then everybody else, come here. If he can't get off the field, you fucking pick him up and get him off the field. Well, uh, I'll do you one better because our, our the, the originator of our blog, Hot Dog himself, was in attendance at this game. And what he was, what he said, made a ton of sense to me. Which he's like, you don't even actually need to get him off the field. You just need to pick him up. Just pick him up, and hold him because you can just let the play clock run. You're gonna call a timeout at the end of the play clock anyway. It's not like you're running a play. Yeah. Literally, just hold the man in the air, on the on the shoulders of two offensive linemen. Yeah. And say, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Thank you. I mean, he didn't have a head injury. I mean, I, I assumed that he had torn an ACL or blown out his knee or something because I was just like, there's no way he stays down in that circumstance. I mean, and he was writhing. I mean, it looked like he was legitimately in pain. Yes. And I want to be, and it like, and it, and obviously the health of the athlete, I'm, I'm going to say this and I'm going to almost believe it trumps the importance of the game. Maybe, maybe, Um, maybe. I don't know. hundred percent believe that. Pick him up. Don't, you don't even have to like, you can suspend him in air so that his foot is not touching the ground, have Roger Rosengarten and Parker Brailsford, you know, two of the offensive linemen, just hold him, you know, in the air on, on one shoulder and just, again, just stand in the huddle. That's all you're going to do anyways. Um, you're not running a play and then call timeout with one second left, you know, on the play clock and, and 15 or 16 seconds left in the game. And then he can fall down. Yeah, and then you can, can do your whole spiel here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, it's, was, uh, it would have been unforgivable had we ended up losing that game. I yeah, it was, and and it's also a dumb rule because like Washington didn't want the clock stopped. Like yeah, we ought to we ought to have the ability to decline it, or we ought to have the you know because it's for us or whatever, or at the very least, uh, you know you place the ball and start winding it again and you get like the at least the abbreviated play clock to run down like the 25 second right. one and, and here's my question so so is the lesson there if you're texas that they should have had a guy get down go down hurt 
the, oh, there's two lessons to take away that everybody who's interested in winning football games should take away from this. One, get injured. Fake the injury. We see that all the time. Two, uh, hurt the other team. Hurt them. Yeah, because my understanding is if the Texas guy got hurt, the penalty, if you don't have any timeouts or don't want to take a timeout, is a 10-second runoff, yeah. which Texas would have taken in a heartbeat. Yeah, because they still would have then ended up instead. I mean, I think they had like a minute, and they would have ended up with fifty seconds, right? Yeah. Um, like th- that rule doesn't work. Like that, there's just like you it's said, just right no- for manipulation. And frankly, it's a. Uh, I mean, and I think that Texas has to be going back and saying, "Hey, we're fucking lucky that happened." Next, when we're in that situation, the next time, we got to have a you know offense, defense, pick a guy. This is your, you know, you're hurt. when I say rutabaga, you're hurt. Yeah. You know? I mean, it, it, I don't know. We, we shouldn't spend, there's, there's a lot of great stuff that we can talk about that isn't this, but that, that really almost stole every aspect of it. Now, a guy who, frankly, I have requested be removed from the field many times this year uh, in Elijah Jackson made a very good play at the end of the game. Uh, excellent play to knock away the final pass when you know when Texas uh, threw the for the end of the end zone for the third time that sealed the win for the Huskies. It enabled us to all explode in sheer you know sheer happiness and joy in the stadium. And we you know you're if you're a Husky fan you get. You know, you get that moment, which honestly, I, I think and I, I think I've talked about it over the last couple of years, but maybe I haven't. Like, I, I wasn't convinced that that, that was ever going to happen. Like, I know we've talked about it before, but, you know, in some respects, I don't know that I've ever particularly contextualized it with Washington. But, like, the odds of making it to a national championship game if you are not USC, Texas, Alabama, Georgia – Ohio State, Michigan, you know, there's there's like ten teams where if you're yeah. a fan of that team, that every ten years or so or fifteen years, I know Michigan has been a little longer, but for the most part, if you're a fan of those teams, you can count on being in a national championship game. Uh, and if you're not one of those fan bases, the odds of of your school being the one that makes it to a national championship game are are really really long. Yeah. Um, I wasn't convinced like that in our lifetime, Washington was going to get it together and figure it out and get an opportunity to play, to play for a national championship again. Um, it's a little stunning to me that in his second year, DeBoer was able to like do that. Yeah. The team that was four and eight, two years ago. Like I'm I'm wondering, I'm surprised I haven't seen the article, uh, but I think it'd be worth a read just for, it'd be funny to like, which, like, Washington was 4-8 and eight two years ago. Here are the top 10 teams with losing records that could be playing for the national title in two years. Yeah, yeah. Who is it? Auburn, probably, because they're 5-7, and seven, right? Yeah. It's like, it's like there's, a, there's like a couple that, again, have that pedigree that if they get it right, they can make it to, their, to that national championship game. Yeah. I will, I will say this, and I, and I have credited you, I think, I don't know, 75% of the time that I've had this conversation, but I've 
because I believe it was your idea and, and you're the one who originally raised this as, as a belief system. And I, and it's, I've adopted it as like a hundred percent correct. When discussing with others, like, how did we do this? Or, or like when talking pre prior to the sugar bowl, like, could we win? Right. I was like, yes, because in order to get to a playoff or to win it, uh, you know, to win a playoff game, you have to have a team that is better at something than everybody else's. Like that on its day, you are the better, you are the best in the world at this thing. And Washington has that because they have Michael Penix and then they have a, a stable of receivers that nobody else even approximates. And they have the best offensive line in college football, meaning it, you know, it among the four playoff teams, if you ranked, you know, the units, Washington's defense is like probably the eighth unit for yeah. like, not probably it is the eighth unit. Um, but it doesn't matter. Washington has a chance to win any game because they have the thing that nobody else can stop. And you can win games if you have that thing. And some years it's been like Alabama's defense, right? Like Alabama's defense is too good. Nobody can stop it. The 2019 LSU Tigers, their offense was too good. Nobody could stop it. It didn't matter. If they were, if they showed up to play, they were going to beat you that day. Washington has that this year with Penix and Odunze and McMillan and Polk and Bernard. I mean, like, and, and certainly Westover needs to be mentioned. Like they have that thing. And I, and I, I don't remember when you first started talking about it. It was years ago. Like, what is it that you have to be able to do to like win a game? But like, I, I truly believe that's it because Washington's defense isn't that good. The running game's not that good. The special teams are okay, but they are truly, truly, truly elite at the quarterback and wide receiver position and the offensive line is elite. And, and that means that if they show up and play well, nobody else can stop that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know what, uh, was something I've, I've obviously I agree with that. Uh, what, uh, something I was thinking about that I saw, cause I like, I'm having the same feelings, right. When we're going up to this game, I was like, are we really like, are we really in this with a shot? You know, like when we're going into the sugar bowl, it's like, I mean, Texas, they beat Alabama on the road They're They are going to be bigger, uh, you know, and it's going to be like a better class of athlete, but like, I don't know that they were so much better than what Oregon had, uh, this year. I mean, the interior line was obviously better, but I think Oregon had better edge rushers uh and uh an equivalent and probably a better secondary honestly i think oregon probably had a better defense than them um and you know what what's something that like gave me a lot of hope as i'm reading through you know watching through this stuff because i'm like i'm used i'm consuming all the content related to this like all the uh you know everybody picking the games and for the most part everybody was on texas you know they were like texas you know they pr they proved it at alabama they're you know, for the reasons I was just saying, bigger, stronger, faster. But somebody raised a point that I saw a couple of days before the game uh, that, like, really gave me a lot of hope, which is that, like, Texas is, like, like, what quarterbacks has Texas beat this year? Because they, like, yeah. they played Dylan Gabriel and lost. And then who, who – and then they played, like, pre – benching pre-development Jalen Milrow and beat him. So that's probably like the next best one. And then like 
Do the Big 12 have any good quarterbacks outside of Dylan Gabriel and Quinn Ewers? No. I don't think so. And that's like something I'm thinking about as we head into this uh, game against Michigan. Is that like, what what quarterbacks did they play this year? Well, they got to play post-development Jalen Milrow. <laughs> yeah. Who, but he looked like dog shit in that He game. looked like dog shit. You know what I mean? Like, he looked like... He didn't play well. Yeah, I mean, he looked like the type of guy where it's like, against most teams, he's going to be able to run a little bit, and then, like, he'll get you one and a half deep balls a half, you know? And for the most part, Alabama's defense is going to be able to make that stand up in their running game. But he's not... He does not have what Penix can do, which is on his day, uh, just sit back there and uh, rip you to shreds. Yeah, I mean, and and the other thing that I take a little bit, you know, if, we, if, we're, if we're turning our attention to look forward to this national championship game with Washington and Michigan, you know, Michigan has definitely played a softer schedule than Washington and really probably should have lost to Alabama with some, you know, with some of the mistakes they made, pulled it out in overtime. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so, and now that Michigan's four and a half point favorites, well, Texas was four and a half point favorites and Washington beat them by six. You know, they basically turned the spread by about 10 points. Oregon was nine and a half point favorites in the conference championship game. Washington beat them by three. They turned the spread by about 12. If, if that trend continues, then, Washington's in good shape. Yeah, I mean, the uh, uh, did you read that? There's an athletic article today, the one where they do like anonymous coaches that played Michigan and Washington preview the title game. I did not. Great read, you know. Uh, and the thing that shocked me, and I frankly got a little worried, was uh, uh, like pretty much every coach we talked to predicted a close game. Uh, most, but most of them thought uh, Washington would win. <laughs> well, I can I can counter that because I watched. I ended up just randomly seeing Joel Klatt on this inside the numbers thing or something while my son was messing around in our room today, and I was kind of half paying attention to it. And then I, I noticed he was talking about the game, and so I paid a little more attention to it. And he was talking about Michigan's defense, and he was saying like, "Why do they have the advantage?" And he's saying, "Well, they have the advantage because they were pretty much built." exactly to stop a team like Washington. Yeah. And I was like, why? What does that mean? And he's like, because if you remember when Jim Harbaugh was about to get fired, why was it? It's because he couldn't beat Ohio State. And he couldn't beat C.J. Stroud and Ohio State and that stable of amazing wide receivers that he have. So that's the that's the defense that Harbaugh built was to stop those guys. Yeah. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> that's Damn it. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And that – that would be a huge problem for Washington if now I don't know if that's true because we don't like Ohio State didn't have that this year you know what I mean like Ohio State had a terrible offense with I mean their quarterback transferred to Syracuse um they had good receivers but their quarterback transferred to Syracuse and and they just really didn't play another good offense all year really um you know the closest one was maybe Maryland and Tagovailoa and, and Maryland actually gave them a game for a bit um so I don't, you know, so who knows, but, but that, that would counter my, like, I was feeling pretty good about the Penix and the guys. If Penix shows up and plays well that, you know, like UW is going to win this thing. And then I listened to Clatt and I was like, ah, damn it. That's right. 
Yeah, um, I mean, I think I think that's a, a fair talking point. I think uh, I think anything's possible in the game, right? I think like it's certainly. I'm not going to be surprised if Washington wins. I'm not going to be surprised if Michigan wins. I'd be surprised, basically, only if Washington blows Michigan out. Uh, I don't. I would not be surprised. I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan blew Washington out. Uh, and the reason for that is that uh. As I'm watching the Texas and Washington game, you know, and I'm sure you noticed in the stands, having a little success on the ground, Texas was. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think uh, uh, Michigan uh, is uh, smart enough, as they were in the second half against Penn State, to say, well, we're taking this thing out of the air entirely. Yeah, I mean, I think I think what it boils down to for me is is – one of the reasons I was okay with the sugar bowl and not complaining too much about going, getting, you know, uh, snaked out of the Rose bowl was like, if you told me, okay, you're one of the four teams in the playoffs. And then the other three coaches are Saban, Harbaugh and Sark. You're going to take Sark every day of the week. Yeah. Right. Like I truly, truly believe that Kalen DeBoer is a better coach than Sark. Yeah. And, and then you got the indoors and you got the, and you got uh, artificial turf versus grass. Like, those are all positives for Washington. So I was like, that's fine. And I think that effectively played itself out because, like, to your point, Texas could run as much as they wanted to, but Sark sarked it up and, and you know, tried to sort of force the pass. Now, I, I will point out that in the second half, Texas running backs fumbled twice, and that is pretty much the difference in the game. So it wasn't 100% that Texas's running game was, you know, like if they had gone to it more because they, they did go to – and then it, it actually cost him a couple turnovers. Yeah. Um, Ewers didn't actually throw any picks. Um, but I, I do think when you look at this game, you know, like like you said, Texas had the horses, but Washington had the coaches. Well, now you got Michigan has more talent than Washington probably. Well, not probably. I mean, like, definitely. Like, yeah. Definitely. And then, like, let's just say that the coaching is equal, um, which means that I, I think I think the 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 if you look at ESPN's like predictor or whatever, it's like 75, 25 Michigan. Like that seems about right to me because it's like, I could see Penix showing up. If he balls out another week and plays as good as he did last week, Washington could win this game going away. Like Washington could win. Um, but if he, you know, like if he makes even one mistake or, you know, you go back and look at the WSU game or the Arizona state game or the, you know, there's a couple of games where you just couldn't like, for whatever reason, he's weren't on the same page. Like, if that happens, like, Washington doesn't have a backup plan. Their plan is only Michael Penix, take us to the promised land. And and it could work. Um, but Michigan's got the ground and pound. You, that That is certainly a concern. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it uh, – what – I think one of the reasons probably Texas didn't run so much as maybe they ought to have in retrospect is that they were chasing the game virtually the entire time. Yeah, they never had the lead. So you can say that, like, well, I mean, if Washington can get out to a couple scores, and they're, you know, people say that Washington's defense is not good, and I agree it's not good, but I'm going to, th- these are just a couple ideas I have about that. One, the offenses in the Pac 12 this year were far and away better than the offenses in the Big 12 in the SEC or the Big 10, right? Yes. So the numbers are just going to look worse. Like if you're playing games against Caleb Williams 
and Bo Nix and Cam Ward. Uh, Noah Fafita. Noah Fafita, yeah. I mean, like, like your your numbers aren't going to look great. Uh, it's it's going to be a different story than if I was on the schedule. Yeah, in, no, in I, Purdue 100%. and Northwestern and like all these bum ass Big Ten teams. Uh, and so I've that's and I think that like Washington's defense has proven through fourteen games this year they're as good as they need to be, right? They have been. <clears throat> Like, they certainly give up the yards between the 20s, but they bow up a little bit when they get in the red zone. Sometimes. Sometimes. Their end of the game, like, the, the end of the half and their end of the game, like, defense is, is, is usually problematic. Yeah. But they have, uh, so far, to, to this point in the year, like, like the way I uh, someone put it that I, that I liked the best was, like, they never make a play when you want them to make a play. But so far, they have always made a play when you need them to make a play. Yeah. Um, and that's basically all you can say for it, is that they give up a lot of yards, and they give up a lot of points, but they get the one play that you need to win the game. And they did that against Texas, and Washington you know, now has a playoff win to its, to its name. They get to play for a national championship against a team that is going to be wildly different. And like you said, if Washington can come out – get a stop early score. If Washington's offense is on and they can score and get, you know, get up a, a two touchdowns or 10 points and take Michigan out of its offensive plan, Michigan is in no way, shape or form built to throw the ball around the field. And so if Washington could get up big on them, they Washington could, could win the game um, comfortably. I, I would just be surprised. I saw a stat, neither Washington nor Michigan has been behind in any game this year by more than seven points at no point in time has either of these teams ever been outside of a one possession game in terms of being down. How crazy is that? Yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Unbelievable. It makes a lot of sense. Hey, uh, did you by chance track how we did on bull picks? Uh, I didn't. Um, All right, I did. Fuck it. I, I know that it. I did very poorly. I did not. I, I picked Cal they lost. I picked Boise State. They lost. Uh, I picked another. Uh, I think I picked Louisville. So they lost. I might not have won a single one. I surely picked Utah. Yeah, I picked Utah. I'm sure I picked Utah as well. So that that was. I'm sure I picked Louisville. I probably picked Notre Dame just because I thought Oregon State sucked. So maybe I won a second one. Maybe. I picked. I've. I. I hope I was on Arizona. I think we would have been. Yeah, that's true. We both would have been on Arizona. So and we I'm took free money with Oregon, I think. Yeah, we took free. Okay, so maybe we weren't as bad. Yeah, you Utah, handful, Louis, handful here's of you. These ones Utah, too. Louisville, Notre Dame, Washington, Oregon, and Arizona. Yeah, that's you. And I took Utah, Louisville, Arizona, Notre Dame, Utah, and the Ducks. Same. So we got to four. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Well, my friend, we get to play in the national championship. In I a can't believe days. it. I. We won a playoff game. We are one of only two, you know, a, a handful of programs that made it to the playoff uh, twice in the playoff era. Um, we did it in uh, a turnaround of two years with a coach. Like, I, uh, there's a lot of of things that have happened in the last year of football for Washington that are 
phenomenal in that very, very, very few schools ever have a chance to do. It's it it has changed my perception of Washington football program. I think in terms of what's possible, um, just getting to this point, I think it's amazing. I sure I sure hope we win this game. I would really like to. Wouldn't win. that be great? <laughs> Wouldn't that be good, dude? It would be so good. Oh my god, you'd never have to listen to anybody ever again. You 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 know, and and it's we're talking about Michigan, you know, like with a ton of respect because I think we should based on what they are but there are what like three fan bases in all of america that want michigan to win this game michigan's fan base oregon's fan base and washington state's fan base probably oregon states i'll give a fourth um and then literally everybody else in the big 10 in the sec in the acc want washington and and really feel like justice demands that Washington win the game, you know, because of the cheating yeah. that Michigan did this year. Um, it's just never – like, you're never going to get a setup like this again, like where you've got it. Like, you've got the quarterback. You've got the receivers. You've got the O-line. You've got the momentum. You've got the coach. Now you got Harbaugh on the other side. You've got amazing offense. They are the favorites for a reason. They probably should win the game. But, like, to get to a national title and it's not like Georgia – from last yeah, year or yeah you know what i mean like where you're just like well fuck yeah um it's like they're there and they can win the game and what a what a treat it is to get that opportunity so i'm i'm excited for it we'll see what happens we'll see what happens and the the last thing i wanted to say i was thinking about remember in uh i think this was pre-playoff the first time oregon made the national title game when they played auburn uh, yeah. the the Michael Dyer had that run yeah, where rolled over the top of the guy. Yeah. yeah, and then he like stopped, and then everybody's like, "You're not down!" And then he kept running, and it set up Auburn's game-winning field goal. Yep. Uh, I remember sitting through that game. I was over in Spokane, and the pure horror of that, because that was a legitimately winnable game for Oregon. Yeah, they they should have won. Yeah. And yeah. uh, now, even 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 if we lose eighty to zero, they're having a terrible time right now. Oh, they're they're scared out of their minds. They're because... scared out of their minds. Many of them I've seen on social media have switched to Washington's good. They're going to win. <laughs> they're like yeah, trying to like you're just... trying to like precondition yourself. I've done it before. You've yeah, been, we've all done it before. Yeah, we're trying to like make it less traumatic by embracing it. Yeah. 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 So they're they're uh we created that for them. Which is oh, like a beautiful thing, dude. Which this, is like this, what did I say? College football is like Premier League soccer, like uh, and I think I said it already this year, but like as much as you want your team to do well, you want your rivals to suffer. And that oh, has been thoroughly yeah. achieved. Oh, they're in a ton of pain right now. Yeah. Uh the like the same they won they won the Fiesta Bowl going away a major bowl game right on Monday. Yeah, that was a bad day for them. Yeah, an unequivocally yeah, yeah. bad day for them. Yeah, yeah. Bit, no, it's 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 Washington has it all there for it, man. I I hope we bring it home. It would be incredible. All right, go dogs. Go dogs.
All right. Uh, that is for this week's episode of Eligible Receivers for Eric and Warren. Thanks for listening. We will see you next week if we win. It's maybe. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Later.